I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank, Thank you. you. Now watch this drive. <laughs> specious incentives here incentives that yes like, i think we want humanity. we want pro-human yeah let's make the future good for the humans yes yes because we're humans harvard's polling director told the washington post that the millennials he interviewed said capitalism was unfair and left people out despite their hard work well yeah it is unfair that's kind of the idea now watch this drive good evening it's tucker carlson one of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people who really care about what's true. And a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's got to be the majority of the population. Even now, so that's... Wait, hold on. I can't... The, 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 well, the problem is the, the, problem is the transcript... The transcript is shit because it's not punctuated. Hold on. Speaking Where's of the punctuated, there is no transcript. I think he's just reading the captions. Hold on. This is all going on. I'm going to put all of it in. That's fine. What's crazy is that video. Like, he looks faker in that video than I've ever seen. He yeah, they're really doing like kind of like. Like a real news anchor kind of the, thing. The focal length makes his face look even more bloated and it's all washed out. Yeah, and it's very tan. Yeah, fake tan, like super fake tan. Yeah, yeah, like like Trump Trump orange tan. Hold on, I'm gonna have GPT punctuate the transcript. Good evening, it's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country. Kind and decent I, people. What? You don't look concerned enough. <laughs> it's a mostly audio medium. <laughs> uh, take three. Would have been done in two. Good evening, it's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you... Yes? No, go ahead. Good evening, it's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how... Fuck you, Carl. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Thanks fuck you, Carl, was in the script. He's in my head. Yeah, it wasn't. He's in my head right. now. Uh, He's in there. Drew's, Drew's shitty He's Tucker Carlson's get take four. Good evening, it's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country. Kind and decent people. People who really care about what's true. And a bunch of hilarious people also. A lot of those. It's got to be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't remember that we had them. Trust me, it's someone who's participated. And yet, at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of these issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. 
Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. Much like my employment. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink, and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. Dun, dun, dun. Um, he just described his whole career. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, that, but he's over he now. Doing... It's, it's done with. No, he's know. doing he's his own. He's so. going to start a fucking media thing. But That's yeah. what I'm saying, though. Like, it, what's, what cracks me up about that is there's tons of places that speak the truth. Yeah. Watch this drive. Just name I mean, one of them. Yeah. Watch this drive. Uh, <laughs> N- NPR. You know, it's a really good one. State-owned media. That's yeah. true. So are we. The I I got a, um, I think I got like a tax refund a couple of years ago. So he almost sounds like a leftist. No, that's the problem he, though. That's how everything except for the demographic change. Everything also, but that. My favorite thing about his statement is that he's saying true things prevail. What are the debates on these things? Obviously, all of it is just like in a vacuum. He's just pointing. He's just gesturing towards things and being like, mm-hmm. someone should really do something about that. I've usually like, heard. What is your someone, solution? Someone should, really, someone should really do something about all the damage that I've done to all of these cars. Has anybody noticed that the American melting pot's starting to get a little too melty? <laughs> I like to take that little speech, though, and compare it directly to the Davos. Uh, I forget the gentleman's name. The guy he brought on his program that challenged all the Davos folks on taxes. Uh, I have no idea. You've seen that, right? Maybe. It was on Tucker's show. It never I'm actually the, aired. You know, I'm, a, I'm a super fan, but I, I don't think so. Oh, wait, no. Is this the thing where he just, there's like a leak, there's leaked footage, and he just never yeah. he refused it's to air because he got fucking yeah. demolished? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. So, hi, everybody. Nice. Welcome to Watch This Drive. Uh, Tucker Carlson <laughs> was fired from Fox News like two weeks ago. It's old news, but it's still fun. I wanted to wear a bow tie and do my so Forrest funny. Carlson. Rutger Bregman came on Tucker's show. He's a Dutch historian. He just roasted all the billionaires and stuff about you know, basically not paying their taxes. Like, they're talking about philanthropy, they're talking about charity, blah, 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 and he just went off saying, well, the most effective means in which you could affect change in your individual countries is by paying your taxes. And uh, Shut the fuck up. They did not like that. So Tucker brought him on because, you know, he's a contrarian, and he went off on Tucker saying the same thing, like, you're owned by Fox News delivering whatever message they want you to deliver, and Tucker did not like that. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Check out the clip if can but send the clip send the clip yeah what tucker just said and you compare that directly to his reaction to being called out as like night and day and this is like within i don't know a couple years apart you know it's like dude shut up his bit like the reason that he is so successful at what he does is his very specific lane of saying pretty much nothing acknowledging the fact that stuff is bad very rarely actually communicating any specific solution or root cause other than just extremely vague shit. Uh, but when he does, it's dog whistles. It's, mm-hmm. it's dog whistles to just like outright racism, xenophobia, uh, anti-Semitism. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like a lot of the things that he was saying, I've heard the exact same things from climate activists. You know, like the most important subject of our time is not even being discussed. You know, we're talking about dramatic, you know, extinction of millions of species of animals, insects, what have you. And we're not even. You're talking about drag shows, right? (laughs) You literally hear very, very similar refrains from a lot of different activists that are covering subjects like corporate control, cronyism in government. And uh, you'll hear Bernie talk about it once in a while. But for the most part, it's just. Yeah, it's not really covered on our major networks. I think I just read the other day that Michigan has, they announced there's like 38 extinct species as of like last week. Like there was just like 38 new oh. extinct, extinct species. None of my friends. Ocean temperatures have hit their highest ever, ever on record. You guys want to go swimming? Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's pretty nice out there. Yeah. Blank slate shit that you can kind of graft whatever you want on if you lean a certain way by watching mm-hmm. him. I've seen it with people that I know that like him unironically. That's exactly what happens, right? Oh, he's he's saying things that nobody else is willing to say. He's not actually saying anything. No, he's not. He's just, you know, stoking certain fears. And all the the right wing can do is say these things are bad and point the finger at whatever group is lower than you on the, the social hierarchy or the moral hierarchy. All the mainstream like liberal left can do is be like, Oh, well, look at the right. They suck. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's just that's we just go around in this fucking circle. And I'm not saying anything profound there. Tucker is like one of the most perfect distillations of that. It reminds me of the uh, Destiny. It was a panel, but Destiny, that um, liberal. I don't know what you want to call him. Child. (laughs) Sure. Destiny's child. No, no. It's the guy with the blue hair. He's he's always debating. He's coming from a left point of view, but. He was on a panel. Alex Jones is also there. Allegedly. And they got they got into it. And the clips that I've seen, Destiny is basically pointing out that Alex Jones says a lot of things, but what actually is he trying to get his listeners to do? What are the actions that can actually affect change? Other than support the you know, show. Buy buy his supplements, you know. <laughs> support the support the fight. We're and, you know, doing I, Alex the info war. went com- completely silent because he is there to stir shit. Like that's it. Like his point is to stir shit. So he can sell supplements. Like, there's no meaningful change that he's trying to affect. It's just, eh. you know, let's just, which is really freeing if you think about it. Instead of focusing your activism on trying to move, trying to progress, trying to affect change, you just focus it in on selling something, and then you can just say whatever the fuck you want. You can like make make up anything. Speaking of which, uh, we do crime dot com slash merch. Uh, you can get. Your- <laughs> It's not. It's not up. <laughs> it's not up, but it will be, right, Drew? By be, uh, episode uh, Monday. I don't know, by man. The episode's release day. By episode Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. By episode thirty-two's release day on Monday. I'm kind of envious of the Alex Jones types because wh- who wouldn't want a job like that? Well, it's it's easy as hell, and a lot of the times, like you would look at those things and be like, "Oh, I can't believe somebody would sell their soul to that. Like, how could you be so devoid of a human soul? You're so it's." Most of them know exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very hard to hide from it. I mean, they can kind of justify it to themselves a bit. I would not really want to do that. But then you see some of the paychecks. Like you see some of the actual numbers, like with Steven Crowder, which I think mm-hmm. we should also talk about a little bit with his recent situation. Like $40 million was the deal, was the amount offered to buy him out by the Daily Wire. And she just was like, this is insulting. There's just so much money in it. There's yeah. so much cash. 
because the, the because it because of like there is a decent demand for it you know even though it's a small percentage of the population it's still millions of people and there's not a lot of people that are willing to debase themselves in this way Here, here's the thing though like steven crowder i'm not going to put him in the same lane as alex jones because steven crowder is actually trying to affect change and we fundamentally do not agree with the change he's trying to affect but if we're up to steven crowder you know white nationalism and everything but he would you know have us all in uh, you know, marriages between a man and a woman. We're all Christians. We uh, I need to let me see your kids. genitals before you go into that bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, no transgenderism. No, no LGBTQ is wiped out. You know, just completely eradicated from the face of the planet. But he whether is whether or not he actually clear, believes that shit. Yeah, yeah. Think, that's I think. Yeah, possibly. I, like, but but at the end of the day, if that if he did get what he wanted, the money would dry up for sure. Because who wants to hear what the life that everyone's already living? You know, it's like. Yeah, yeah the you, state will the state will handle that uh, once there's you no contrarianism your, to it. Once yeah. you get your theocracy and NPR will handle that. But with Alex Jones, there's really no consistency other than Second Amendment. That's his only platform that he without doubt will favor or will uh, promote. Yeah. He's fairly consistent with his conservatism as far as, you know, anti-abortion and, and Christianity or what have you. But for the most part, his issues he's all over the place taking like anti-vax water. stance for instance uh, yeah he's consistently anti-vax but that doesn't mean he's anti-big pharma i mean he talks about supplements he talks about drugs all the time he talks small about ivermectin pharma. he talks about like any sort of like even you know ivermectin is not small pharma i mean we're talking like hydroxychloroquine or whatever he, like any drug that for some reason the right aligns with and he smells it out in the ether or whatever he'll it's just that. crowdsourced contrarianism and you just wait to see what's what mm-hmm. sticks and then you lean into yeah. it. If you listen to his initial coverage of COVID and it breaking out in China, he was actually terrified. Well, he maybe he wasn't terrified, but he definitely tried to instill fear in his listeners is much I mean he doubled, tripled down. Like this the China if virus, this hits yeah. here, yeah, it's we're dead. He played audio clips which turned out to be completely false that were supposedly like street recordings of china with people like screaming blood was coming like like it was some sort of horror movie you yeah know? just in general like you could hear like the echoes of the street and just everyone people, has like, the thing and groaning them. and screaming yeah yeah it's just like it's wiping out the entire population like people's heads are, film. It, people's heads very are much coming like off their bodies film. and they're crawling around yeah. in the ceiling it's crazy and he yeah. he was talking about you know how nothing about wuhan lab or bioweapons nothing about that it was basically like this is a naturally occurring thing and we need to stay away from it because it's going to wipe us all out and then and then he went on to a lot be of the like, racism shit was like wow it's because they're so densely populated yeah yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah obviously he pivoted to support whatever was in fashion at the time oh, as far yeah as well like, and that's that's in yeah. general we've talked about this i think before but the shift that happened where the initial kind of wave from the right including with djt our boy uh mm-hmm. they were originally on opposite sides of it because the democrats were like no the like fear around the virus like it's racist and all that kind of stuff and a lot of the fear mongering of course was um mm-hmm. from the right and the right was thinking oh okay well we can you know we can really do the whole like anti-china stuff and that's going to be our angle here and the, the stoking fears of like dying from this virus but then something happened i think it has a lot to do with the fact that the the right just has such a strong latent like anti-vax 
population ready to go. It was like way easier to align with that. It was way easier to align against like shutting down businesses or like making you stay home for like week. Like yeah. that was the tyranny. Even the anti, even though the it was anti- like we're under like a, gov- a, a Republican president, but yeah, who gives the, a shit? The anti-vax right though is not that was not a staple of the right. That was more of a crunchy thing. Mm-hmm. Like everyone yeah, th- in the I '90s. I thought that was like sort of a crunchy thing, but also like later in the 2000s was more of the autism thing, the Jenny McCarthy thing. Well, and the religious freedoms and the, well, maybe a little bit of that, but I, you know, I just, I feel like just a lot of people kind of bought into some of the vaccines aren't doing anything, you know, and stuff like that. So why jab your kid, you know? Well, the cocktail thing. Measles aren't even around anymore. Why do I need a measles vaccine? Randy, you probably ran into the same same issue like when our kids were young. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, there was a lot of back and forth on, you know, should yeah. you give them are this you, are vaccine you gonna do it? Are you going to do vaccine. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and like your doctor actually gave, you know, well, a lot of people are not doing it now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but if you look at outbreaks like uh, um, mumps, measles, uh, a lot of those uh, rubella, stuff like that, outbreaks that are more in recent past, it was the Pacific Northwest. It was Vermont. It was all the crunchy centers. It was all the hippies yeah. because those are the people that weren't vaccinating their kids in the nineties in the late nineties. It was all like my friends, like all like the punk rock contrarian, like it's a lot of assholes, an- anti, you know, anti-establishment, those types that were totally staunchly anti-vax. Yeah, I don't want to put those chemicals in my body. Yeah, it, it, it was it, like it takes it was a, a rip of the bong. Yeah, it was a wellness, a wellness. Uh, Carl, kind of, that comes from the earth. Fuck off. It comes from the earth, bro. I, bro- I grew up in my backyard. You know what else comes from the earth? <laughs> Ivermectin. I know. Take a yep. hit. <laughs> Take a hit. Anyway, some, it's some it was curious. And uh, yeah, I think I think Crowder shares a little bit of that, but um, I would not paint him with the same broad brush. I would. I, I'm actually more terrified of the Crowders and Tuckers of the world. I, well, Tucker, not as much, though, because he is pivoting. I think he's more of an Alex Jones than Crowder at this point. It's like, but, Alex um, Jones. It's like the light beer version of Alex Jones. Yeah. Like the, the, the water the, version. The Daily Wire folks, the Crowder folks, those are even more terrifying to me than They do have uh, a political agenda. Wait, I want to yeah. segue. I want to like completely go off the rails here for go a for second. It. Because um, you just made me think of something like the light beer thing. Did you hear the, I think it was on NPR... There was a story recently about, is it Miller High Life that they call themselves? The Champagne, champagne of Beers? Champagne yep. of beer. Did you hear yeah. this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't yeah, call like, them that. No, Unless no, no, it's no. from Champagne Wall, France. Yeah, like like they sent over <laughs> like like cases, you know, that yeah. like Germany ordered like cases and it got cut, stuck in customs in France <laughs> because it said the Champagne of Beer on it. They, they basically just dumped it all out and trashed it and said, you can't call it's it. It's the that. only beer story that matters to me. It's just fucking hilarious. I laughed so hard. That was their Boston Tea Party. (laughs) It was so funny. I was like, are you pouring highlights into the fucking... And first of all, the champagne of beer... Like I'm not a beer drinker. No, that's fine. That's been, I, I that's like been their slogan for. for I like it's a good slogan. I know it has, but like even even I think when they coined that, it's like there were better beers, you know. Of course, yeah. You know, like how are the they weren't serious? How the fuck are they this shit? No, they are serious. That's the thing. Like how the. It's still printed on their fucking. They're boxes. not. They're not champagne in, in any stretch of the imagination. No. The, are they going to change? Is Miller going to change it to sparkling wine of beer? They're I changing don't. it to the Macron of beers. <laughs> the sparkling wine. wine of beer. I think that's so funny though that there is that whole like 
like I guess law, so to speak. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is a law over over in France where if it's got a champagne, it's the same with c- cognac. You can only yeah, it, it has to be like made. Well, same with scotch, actually. So how does that matter. how did that yeah. happen? Is it that's a, a French? They're trying to protect their their own it's brand city, yeah. as a country, it's a city or is, in France, yeah. Or is it yeah, a uh, or actually it's a region? Is it, is, is it a private company that owns the all the vineyards? No, no, it's I mean. Yeah, it's a wine region, kind of like Sonoma or something. Yeah, they're they're trying to protect their uh, kind of like their patent, their copyright, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it's just cracked me up. Anyway, we can we can go back to Tucker Carlson. Yeah. No, the only one one other thing I wanted to say about Stephen Crowder is he's getting divorced, and um, some of the stuff about it is pretty fucked up. Like he was clearly controlling and uh, emotionally abusive. You know, well, no way. Wasn't he like, physically abusive as well? I, I'm not sure. Emotionally abuse. There's I'm some sure. accusations possibly, but there was some video know. on the emotional abuse, right? Recently. Yeah. He's yeah. just a dick. Yeah, yeah, I piece of shit. And apparently like he only like has, they only have stuff. one car, which is, you know, classic, uh, so weird emotionally, you know, you got millions of dollars. You got one car for your whole family because you want yeah. to be able to control the, the movement of people that aren't you in your life allegedly the way he talked about it was very telling and kind of funny in a dark way where he was like yeah and my, my wife wants a divorce and in, in texas if somebody wants a divorce they can just have one uh, like yeah yeah steven i'm sorry that the state won't compel your your wife to fuck you i'm sorry I'm, my, <laughs> it's that whole it's that yeah, i know it's, it's terrible whole, like, like steven crowder just found out that she doesn't need his permission to divorce him type thing yeah 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 yeah, he's, yeah he's, that's like, exactly i had no exactly idea how he I, I would yeah. never have, I, he specifically <laughs> calls out texas as if like he's gonna get people yeah. to change the law he's gonna appeal to the courts yeah the thing about the video between him and his wife i wasn't as like oh steven crowder's a piece of shit blah 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 I, both of those people they're terrible people sure no you would imagine you would imagine birds of a feather yeah. et cetera et cetera it sounds kind of mean, but it's there's a lot of relationships that I've been exposed to, a lot of uh, friends of mine that have dated, you know, it turns into that. There's like this weird, it's not exactly a lack of communication, but it's just like this really vile, narcissistic, petty bullshit that they fight about and they, you know, make mountains out of molehills. Just utter disdain and disrespect for one another. Yeah. And that I, was totally I, that conversation. It's just that. like, why are you guys even together? Well, like, no, they didn't. They, they didn't realize they were allowed to leave. Uh, no, <laughs> no but I, I agree with if I you're agree just joining us, didn't. <laughs> I, hello, if you're just if you're just joining us, you're you're listening to uh, three white guys blame the victim. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, but like to your point, Randy. Uh, no, I mean both of them. You know, I I just didn't think that it was like it's just not a healthy way of talking to one another. Like, uh, you no, need to I, see, you need I, to. I, it's not a, not a happy marriage. Yeah, it's extremely co- common though. With couples, you know, with my partner and, you know, we're very, very civil. We have a lot of respect for each other. We don't really fight or any, anything like that. We don't get snarky with each other and, and whatnot. But like some people, man, it's, it's, it's like, why are you right? Why are you together? You know, like, I don't, I don't understand it. Uh, I'm sure when kids are involved. Yeah, it is tougher when kids are involved. It is tougher when kids, but I'm Mm -hmm. talking like when, you know, like it's, I don't know. When people like make comments about their partners, sometimes they say snarky stuff when they're by themselves, like "oh, the Walton chain." Or yeah, the you know, the my like wife's that. a bitch it's guy. Like, like I will never. I yeah. You should be, or the, or you should the be locked up. And not to not to you know be like a man's rights bullshit, but my wife has some friends that do that a lot about their husbands, and it's like, why are you what, leave? Why are you even with this leave? Dude? Yeah. Like you have I mean, nothing yeah. but negative things, nothing but like yeah. eye rolls and like you did that. And it's always that like typical husband. 
You know, you hate yeah, each other. It's kind of it's like it's like the uh, the, the everybody loves Raymond stuff. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. The, exactly. The, the man is the man is the idiot. But uh-huh. um, you know, we have like pest control come out for bugs mm-hmm. and stuff, and we had a different guy. In the room with you now. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, we had this guy. Drew, you're one to talk. He was new when he came. No, no. I mean, like, you drew, your like, voice got really quiet, as if you're like it's 10:40. <laughs> like, I don't know who you're. I was I was deciding if I was going to say what what pest control it was. Anyway, oh. um. They came over and it was it was a newer guy. He hasn't been here before, and you know I was like, yeah, well, you know, hey, have a nice day. Hopefully, you know, you're not working too too much today because it's like a Saturday or Sunday. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, the quicker I get done here, the faster I get to get home to the list of things my wife has me. And I just kind of was like, exactly. I just kind of looked at him. And I went, hmm. yeah. you're not you're, <laughs> like, you're not being legally like, compelled like, to. No, yeah. no, it's just like it's. Like, I'm not oh, going to commiserate of, with you on that, man. It's like, it's like oh, oh, the list of things you're, you mean take care of the home. Like yeah, are you like are you referring to like, the house you own together? Yeah, yeah. If my yeah. wife wasn't around, my house would be a shit fucking storm. It would just yeah, be absolutely trash all the time. Mm-hmm. It drives me nuts. These, these types of people. It's like yeah, it's like fun. literally nothing but negative things to say about yeah. this. And the, the list yeah. is usually just the most fucking benign, Monday. easy. Yeah, shit. That's yeah. what I meant. But yeah, back to the, put off for like a year. Yeah, back to the Crowder thing. It's like you're you're got which I mean I. It's ridiculous, and Crowder was definitely borderline. Oh no, no doubt in my no like, doubt in my mind like that bad. he is he is at, he was, at fault. He was the more he was the the bigger agitator in in, in the mix in that video. But sure. it's like you guys are arguing about like who can borrow the who can take the car out. Like <laughs> just buy another car. No, but that's that, no, but that's the point I'm making. The point I'm making is that presumably Mr. Crowder controls the finances and the yeah. vehicle situation. Yeah, yeah. and. Yeah. He has a he's and in a, a position of higher of like more power and his political leanings obviously lend themselves to one where like the wife is subservient. He used the term mm-hmm. like wifely duties like that shit. Like yeah. he's a he's a fucking piece of shit uh, asshole motherfucker. But oh, where, where I'm sure that gloves? she has similar political beliefs that, you know. Oh, what? yeah. Yeah. Where are the gloves comment that kept yeah. coming up. Yeah. With like the, with the some sort that? of medicine that like to feed. Yeah, the, supposedly like he, I think he's of the belief that pregnant women can't handle certain medicines so you, you, you or she like or she was like uncomfortable doing it and like he was know. very dismissive of it i don't know it, it, there was definitely there was a lot of like that kind of old school controlling you know yeah i don't want is, our podcast to turn into like e-news for i know conservative pundits i know this is kind of okay so album I, on display Let's just okay afterward i want to talk about <laughs> uh, right right now album on display is a big blob of really color uh, but I, yeah, I was looking at it earlier though. From here, it's turquoise or green or mm-hmm. something like that. Background, there's like a pattern on it, something like that. Um, but then there's like a weird shape. It's got, I don't know, it's like, it almost looks like a half moon at the bottom, but there's like four points on it. Looks like a maybe a juniper lily in the middle or some leaves or something like that. I, I don't know. Do you know what it is? Because you you said something that was. <laughs> Are you messing with me again? Did you already I fix mean, it? Figure it out. There's like it looks like there's like four leaves on one side, and four <laughs> on the other. Ah, uh, Carl knows. R- it is. reminds me of June. <laughs> of a, spe- a, a, a June, not just any June though, like June of a specific year. Yeah, like forty-five or something like that. All right, you bastard. So yeah, it's it's June of forty four, four great points. Um, I don't know what's so great about them. <laughs> there's a trend of me doing like a nostalgia trip. This album was released in nineteen ninety eight. It's their third 
album. And Juno 44 is a lot different than, like, last episode I featured Braid, which is more like pop-punk emo. This is... Uh, it, it's very down-tempo rock, but people call it orchestral pop. They're on Quarter Stick, which is in league with... It's like a touch-and-go uh, subsidiary, but they're in league with, like, Rachel's or Dirty Three a lot of these bands that maybe even mix like cello or violin or something along those lines yeah. and uh one yeah, would say it's a, a consistently inventive record and one that carries a level of emotion that's a rare in a genre often plagued with detached highly textured noodling there you go that's that's exactly how i, I would describe it as well as well as salon <laughs> salon would describe it like that as well okay all right um <laughs> any regard i would i would highly recommend checking this out if you're into down tempo orchestrated music that's very very much rooted in rock yeah, it's a um, hypnotic blend of rock dub ambient and orchestral pop hypnotic is a very very good uh um descriptor, descriptor. That's, that's, yeah. i'm just reading off the wikipedia folks i know you are <laughs> folks i gotta say like folks but yeah folk off really this <laughs> this era this like late 90s era on quarter stick it was a pretty formative set yeah. of records i mean it was produced by bob weston so you know what do you expect <laughs> do, you, do you know <laughs> i have no, no idea who bob no. weston is okay. i'm just reading the wikipedia page he was actually he was actually the bass guitarist he's bearing his soul to us carl he was actually a bass guitarist of a band that we featured not too long ago oh, two yeah. episodes ago shellac oh, yeah. Yep. Shellac, yeah. Yep. He's the bass guitarist in Shellac. Shellac actually has a similar kind of vibe, but they're a lot more aggressive, a lot more abrasive. So this is a lot more smoothed out. And uh, I mean, we're talking like songs that might be like seven minutes long and like maybe one beat. And they're just kind of like letting you letting you live in that moment for a while. You know, really so, good, like put it on, just kind of chill out, relax. I've never, I've never heard of this band before. The Wikipedia says that they're they're more like a uh, like a math rock band typically. Mm -hmm. So is this album still in that math rocky feel, or is it kind of something new and different? You know, from their previous works. I would. Say I'm not. I, I that was a legitimate question. No, I, not... I I I think it's right in line with with their previous works. Um, that... It's a little more smoothed out than uh, than Engine takes takes to the water in Tropics and Meridians. How would which, you compare it to Mars Volta? Mars Volta is a lot more, um, a lot faster, a lot more abrasive, a lot more uh, hardcore aesthetic. This is a lot more smoothed out. Still distorted guitars, but tempos are a lot slower, and just in general, it's... Um, Still gets in the weird time, time signatures. It stuff. does, but it kind of grooves out on them for a while, okay. you know? I would say, in comparison to like Mars Volta, would be like a swing band. This would be more like um, Miles Davis kind of blue, just very okay. smooth. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> but Miles Davis kind of blue did experiment with some different modes and you know stuff like that. But it's you know, I will out. agree with yeah. you that Miles Davis did kind of blue, but um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! But you know, uh, it's not. It's a good album. Actually. Yeah. So yeah, check it out. Oh, All right, cool. Drew, pivot to your thing. Let's get off this damn album on display. Oh, I wanted to talk about Murder some, Carl. something that's some some versatile stuff. No, fuck versatile. Let's yeah talk about technology for once. Versal, talk about technology, technology like a billion years since Vers we talked about technology. Versatile is on yeah. our shit list today. 
Well, wow. Why? So, well, so it is Vercel, by the way. It's absolutely 100% Vercel. So Verkel this week has their ship week, <laughs> um, which is basically their, their way of saying every day for these five days, they're going to be doing new announcements, product launches, etc. And as a person who likes Vercel, likes using uh, virtual very, very much, <laughs> I was very excited. And it's only Tuesday. And so by the time this comes out on, on Monday, there will be more things that happen. But so far, the the big thing that's relevant to us uh, is on Monday they announced Verkelly's storage, uh, and so this is so for for people who don't know, Vercel is essentially this platform where developers, specifically aimed at front end developers, it's a hosting full, platform. It's a hosting platform, and they provide a lot of like good DX developer experience stuff, and they wrap AWS and other big cloud providers. And they make it a lot easier to use. And they provide a bunch of polish on top of it that makes it very easy to deploy things. For example, every time you create a new branch in your code base, you get a new deployment for that. Uh, that's completely isolated from everything else. So you can review changes kind of separate. And that's kind of hard to set up on your own. They charge for that convenience a pretty hefty premium. Like their actual usage costs for bandwidth and everything are pretty high in the industry. Generally, it's worth it, especially for small applications. And then if you scale to a certain level, then you can usually negotiate the price down. The storage offerings that they introduced, and they are trying to become more of a, a holistic platform, are threefold. They announced uh, Vercel KV or Versal KV, uh, which stands for key value. Um, that's essentially a way to get really low latency read and writes to a simple value storage system, uh, in this case, Redis, which it actually, it's built in partnership. It just sits on top of a service called Upstash. And you'll see that that's a trend with these products. The next thing that they announced is Versal Postgres. So Postgres SQL is a uh, type of database uh, that's very popular. And they are offering this on top of Neon DB, which similar to Upstash is a modern set of tools for hosting Postgres in a quote unquote serverless way. Scale to zero, relatively cheap pricing. Uh, you don't have to worry about scaling. You can branch it uh, 6,000 ways. Uh, and then also blob storage. So this is where you would store anything that you don't need to query directly, anything that you, isn't relational or you don't really care that much about the latency, bigger things like uh, videos, audio, big JSON files, et cetera. Uh, and that's built on top of Cloudflare's R2. And so all of those products are built on top of another product, which is fine. Vercel itself is based largely on top of other Cloudflare and AWS technologies. So nothing new there. The difference here is that the things that they've built on top of already do provide like a pretty good developer experience. So they're providing some extra convenience on top of those things, but not a ton. Uh, that's still okay. What's not cool is how much they're charging because you can see the pricing for those underlying services in Upstash, Neon, and R2. And across the board, they're charging between 100% and 200% for most metrics, like the ingoing, uh, incoming storage and outgoing data transfer. In the case of R2 specifically, R2, their main selling point to the developer is that we don't charge for egress. We don't charge for bandwidth going out, which is massive because that's traditionally one of the hardest things to estimate, one of the costs that can rack up the most quickly. And it's also one of those expensive costs. The biggest player in that space is AWS's S3. And I think they charge... It varies based on the specific type you're using in the region, but like nine cents per gigabyte going out generally. R2s is free. And I think their storage is actually even cheaper than Amazon S3. Vercel, which is just using that under the hood, is charging 15 cents a gigabyte in egress. And it, it's crazy because you can like, you, everyone can see that. Everyone can see the distance yeah. between those things. And for context, all of those services underneath the hood 
doing it yourself probably takes an extra five hours. It is annoying because you have to maintain all those different accounts and mm -hmm. set up a lot. So there's some more tooling stuff you have to do manually, but certainly not. It's not worth the upcharge that they're going for. And so I'm just kind of fascinated by like the strategy there. It's yet another, another angel shot out of the sky by the arrow of capitalism. Mm -hmm. I mean, never, I don't think never meet your heroes, folks. If you go to Vercel slash buy slash we do crime, uh, you can get ten percent off. This week's sponsor. Um, <laughs> no, we use them. We use them. That's a lie. They're, That's a they're lie. good to yeah. use. They're they're uh, reliable and they're easy and fun to use as a developer. Yeah, our our website is hosted by uh, or on Vercel. Yep. And we've, um, we've we've used them on several other sites, but I I will admit that like there are times where they just turned on like some of the the pricing for some of the things and like the the cost did kind of skyrocket on a few things at certain spots. But they figure when it comes to these storage products, if you are somebody who is willing to roll these things on your own, because their audience is primarily front end and they're trying to expand more to back end, so they've got serverless mm -hmm. compute, edge compute. React server components in Next.js, like that really blurs the line even more between front end and back end. That's kind of their vision overall is that you, you, they can make these things very easy and accessible to other types of developers and reduce essentially the amount of cost that it actually takes from a development perspective to build these things. And so that's, I think, where the premium comes in. But if you look at just Cloudflare's pricing in general, you know, Vercel charges like 40 cents per gigabyte in egress. You host it on Cloudflare Pages, which does not have the same level of developer experience, but it's they have unlimited free bandwidth. So like the it's it's not worth it. Is Cloudflare that hard to wrap around? Is it that hard to utilize? No, I mean it's not. It's not. It really... seems like there's a lot of services that are basically just wrapping Cloudflare and yeah. charging a lot. Yeah, like that's one of our client services. That's that's the new web, Randy. They basically just they find a product that works really, really well, and then they wrap it, and then and then they sell something based. That's what most of the GPT like, products that you're seeing. That's, that's what every are. GPT product is. But GPT isn't just the the service that GPT is providing isn't simply a, a user interface wrapped around an R two bucket. You know, it's it's a lot yeah. more sophisticated than that. Like this be. seems like highway robbery. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, no, the pricing like this seems like you buy a Pinto and then you 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 put like plastic on it to turn it into a Lamborghini and then you try to. Because well, what well, makes <laughs> sense to me, like, so for a GPT wrapper, like the pricing, if they if they're going to charge you ten bucks a month and they add like they have all these prompts built in and they do these extra things, they plug into other services. You know, they they've done a lot of upfront work or whatever. Fine, whatever. But yeah, if you are like an infrastructure company or like you are selling infrastructure to somebody, you're charging for usage. And your underlying service is essentially free, and yeah. you basically are just like hoodwinking them because it would well, not that, be that difficult. You're not actually providing that much value on top of this thing. Yeah, and that and how much how much maintenance is? I mean, I understand that you know up research and development and actually developing the thing that you're now trying to amortize over. Uh, there's probably not a tremendous amount of maintenance to actually get it, you know, to continuously. No, Cloudflare does the maintenance. Yeah, so you're already done with your part. So are you just trying to amortize your costs faster? Is the price you, what do you got? You got a, the price will never go down. That's the thing. The price bit, will never go down. So. No. You got a little bit of customer service maybe. You got a little bit yeah. of uh, you know a little bit of backroom work. But no, I mean for the most part it's just a little bit of R&D and a lot of marketing. I yeah. that's the days where you could just uh, get some hosting for like 10 bucks a month and then You can't you still can. You 100,000% still can. The uh, Yeah, you can, can, but it's just you not can. as good anymore. You know what I Look mean? Look at it's like just... um well I mean even there's there's kind of like in the middle 
companies as well, like in the middle providers like Railway or Fly.io, like you can stand up your more traditional long running servers and you can either scale it really easily or do auto scaling. Right. And you can just, I think for a lot of small, I think, I think one of the biggest selling points of serverless is that you are only technically paying for what you use, but the downside is that at scale, it tends to be pricier, although you save money on like engineering and DevOps and stuff. So it either way, like, the economics are going to work out so that they're going to get you right. But I do think that the serverless kind of world is a bit overhyped, although I do enjoy using it very much. It's very easy. And the scale to zero thing for side projects, like if you're, if you're a person who does a lot of little things, uh, serverless is great because generally you're not going to hit your free tier limits. And if it stops being used entirely, you don't really have to worry about it. You're not paying for it because there's no request hitting the, there's there's no instances ever getting spun up. Yeah, I mean it's it's ultimately up to everybody how to how to handle that. It's just looking at the specific economics of this particular announcement is I'm just kind of scratching Can I just my head. Hear you say that server serverless is overrated? No, no. I well, I think that um, I think it certainly thing? makes it makes things a lot more accessible God, for the average is, developer. He has grown up so much. I <laughs> I'm still gonna use it. I'm, I'm speaking, still gonna use it for most of- things. <laughs> For hosting, though, if you're like if you're an individual, like I mean, I just looked it up just to verify, but I know you're Next.js, and I both of you guys are all Next.js and everything. But yeah, if you did like Gatsby with Netlify, it's free up till I think you get like 500 gigs. Well, um, you can bandwidth. get you get a you get a free terabyte yeah. out of Vercel, right? Like that's yeah. So so there's still options, you know. There's, that's no, there's yeah. free. My main point. There's free right. limits. Yeah. It's just it's like there's mm-hmm. a weird middle. So there's like a if you have very little traffic, you can do all this stuff for free, right? If you're enterprise, yeah. you have negotiating power. But there's this like weird zone in the middle where we all, we often fall in is mm-hmm. like yeah. you break the free fucked. tier and then it's like, okay, well, now we're just we're, – we're paying $400 a terabyte out. We were just started hitting that on one of our projects because we migrated two parts of it. It was the, one of three parts was on Versal. And then we brought the other two parts over and then suddenly our costs went from like pretty much nothing to like, what, like a couple hundred dollars a, a month now, which that's in nothing. the grand scheme of it's, things it's a fortune. is nothing. We're still, this, we're still, this, we're still talking, we're talking about millions of visitors a month though. No, like, no, 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 no. And we're I'm, also talking about a fortune 500 company. Yeah, I understand that. I'm just saying fortune 50 company. It's, it's just kind of alarming though. When, when you start getting those, those emails that are like, oh, you've reached your limit within the first like three days. And then it's like, now you're getting charged $40. The emails are annoying. I don't here. want the emails. Yeah. Just well, it's just, it's, it's, it's what, yeah, but it's crazy. They're like, oh, you're hitting 40. You, it's $40 here, extra. $40 there. Yeah. Well, that was nothing in comparison to the Google API costs. Oh my God. What was it? 75 grand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Per month. Yeah. Oh, that's a good thing. That Someone insane. took care of that. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody with a, a bow tie took care of that's that. That's right. But thank yep. you, Tucker. Thank you, Tucker, for fixing some of those caching problems. That's episode 32, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I wonder where our trump cards are at. Oh, there was a second generation of trump cards that was rolled out. Yeah, I know. I talked about that. Yeah. Before we I, the trump cards are just done. Yeah. Should have sold. They killed it. Well, the uh, second no. generation's sexier, I've, right? Mine's back up to two. It's at 262. Yeah, he's, his dick is in one of them. There's like a, there's, it's a rare one and his dick, his whole dick and balls are in it. That's true. So like Dick Cheney and who? God damn it. Fine. End of 2022, we made some predictions. What do we think? 
status of those predictions. Which predictions? Twitter isn't going to fail. Elon Musk is still alive. Elon Musk has not yet been killed by one of his... NFTs are done. Setters. I think NFTs. I think NFTs are even worse than they were at the end of. I said they were going to go. They were going to be done, didn't I? Yeah, that's that's what I mean. That's one of your predictions. Yeah, pretty. It's pretty close. I don't think it's like dead, dead, but it's 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 on. I I think crypto is in even worse shape than it was at the end of 2022. Yeah. Did you hear um, like about the Coinbase stuff? What specifically? So they're taunting the SEC essentially. Oh yeah, yeah. Where the SEC is like, we're gonna. Like this is this is these are unregulated securities. It's like it's about fucking time for one. Mm-hmm. But for another, the Coinbase people were like, "Oh well, if you want to regulate us, we'll beat you up in court or whatever." And it's like I don't know if that's the best strategy, oh, yeah. my friend. Yeah, I don't know if you want to I think, do that. I think crypto crypto pretty much died once, and this was like recent, maybe like two years ago, maybe three, when the the big investors basically just started buying into it, and then they just control both markets now. There was a point when you know it was just you know average people for the most part and and tech nerds that were like mm-hmm. making a mi- bunch of money, but then like the, that that bubble went really high, it burst, and then people like Warren Buffett and shit were like you know buying Bitcoin and freaking Elon Musk buying Dogecoin or whatever, and then next thing you know, one of them says anything, and then it's a pump and dump scheme, and then they do the same shit that they do in the fucking stock market. So like any like, Ponzi like, scheme. You, yeah, you start, I feel like it's no, you, it's no different anymore. You, you know, need it's, to, there's nothing special about it. It's owned by the elite already. You need to start mm-hmm. with like, you need to start with like a group, and you need a bigger group underneath them, and a bigger group underneath them, and yeah. you have to keep moving like a, the bag down. And the Super like Bowl a sh- shaped like a pyramid, right? The super, the, exactly. The Super Bowl, not this most recent one, but the one before it, with all of the crypto ads, which were conspicuously mm-hmm. absent mm-hmm. this year. That was sort of the last group, right? Like that was trying to get the all of the celebs in, trying to yeah. get the biggest like mass market. So everybody jumps in, new money floods into it. That's who all these like big institutions or like bigger players or whatever are selling to the last group. That's who they sell to. And then from there, there's no more market. There's no more people to sell it off to. And so they're the bag holders. And then there's the, yeah. the crash. And it's the and same it, and it fucking works. game. The, and they, the elite own all of the revenue, the avenues of capital. It's not, yeah. you know, even digital currencies. That's and, the, the pitch of like, it's going to decentralize like value itself and currency. It completely ignores the, the fundamental incentives of capitalism itself, which is for it to concentrate. And it ignores the fact that you're grafting this onto a system where all of the wealth is already concentrated. So this is just yeah. a new vehicle to express that domination of markets. Yeah, in yeah, the simple, it, yeah. in the simple terms, you can't decentralize something that's already centralized. Yeah. No, you can't. Why? Yeah. You, you can't do that with tech. Like the, the technology but, itself but is it, not. But they're they're talking about decentralization when it comes to like the Fed or or, or government, you know, state banks or stuff stuff like that. That's not where wealth is 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 concentrated. Wealth is concentrated by like. 20 individuals across the But it's planet. like those banks, those banks, like those are those same people. Like that's the same yeah, groups yeah, of people. Yeah, it's the same entities. And, yeah. and this yeah. is the point that I make all the time with like people who are like in the bottom right of the political spectrum or whatever is like mm-hmm. you want to abolish essentially state control and you want to, you want to, like the concept of the state itself, you want to abolish uh, central banking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I understand where that's coming from. The problem is those things didn't just pop into existence spontaneously. They were put in place to protect capital owners for the most yeah. part. 
Um, and so if you took those things away, but you you did not remove the profit incentive, you did not remove private property ownership, private ownership, the means of production, those things would get put back into place a week later. They might mm-hmm. look a little bit different in the same way that feudalism transitioned into the capitalism as we, as we currently know it, but it would, the, the end result would still be the same. Exactly. Yeah. Private wealth rules. That's it. We so, do yeah, think it's sure. all, we I think mean, it's awesome. I mean, even like, even when, <laughs> like, even when the big, you know, Bitcoin was there, it's like when it's when it was really expensive, it's like these, these dudes with like billions of dollars don't care. The, you know, they can buy as many Bitcoin as they want. You know, they still have all the money and then control that. It's just, yeah. Oh, another prediction. I think we made one about Metaverse. That's out. But Meta, Zuckerberg, it, they are riding the next wave of AI. And that, in combination with them laying off most of their staff, is helping their stock price tremendously. So they'll probably be okay. Probably. What else did we say? Trump cards was one of them, but I don't remember which way we swung on that. I'm not super optimistic that Meta is going to be okay. I don't think they're going to be okay. Well, st- yeah, they're, well, they're, I mean, I would say that still the vast majority of the revenue is advertising, and that is getting completely demolished. Yeah, they're bleeding users. They're bleeding um, uh, daily active users. That's like the only profitable thing they have, yeah. isn't it? Is, mm-hmm. is their advertising models? That's it, yeah. That's it. That's all they've got. But that's the, all, that's the, the only reason, thing that they built. The reason that their advertising is profitable is because they have a, a shit ton of daily active users, and those daily active users' numbers are sinking so so dramatically that... Yeah, it's well. Those are those are sinking. Right into um, the wall. Access yeah. to information with stuff like the app, that's app tracking well, yep. that's going away. Mm-hmm. Overall, I th- this is something that is more is less easy pre- to predict. But the way that language models are going to impact the like economics of advertising, I think, are going to be very profound. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, considering. I, yeah, but that's. I I don't think that's like causing an effect on it yet. No, no, no. I don't. I don't think so. I'm just saying, it like, will. if you're if you're trying to forecast, like the health of the company yeah. long-term. I do think that that their ability to respond to that. Um, do you think, do you think even the, even like we already know that like most of the, you know, the youth has left Facebook for the most part. Right. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they migrated to like TikTok and, and all these I want to see the numbers on I, that. And then I think, and then I it's think true, like, but... you know, our, I think our generation has even kind of slowed our, slowed our yeah. usage of Boomers it. Like, are you, the last think, bastion. Yeah, do you think even the olds are starting to kind of like leave? One way or another, possible. It's possible. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I mean, he's he's calling it. He's calling. No, he is. But I don't even mean that way. I just mean I feel like people overall are. I think it's losing its luster. Yeah, I've heard the the best comparison that I've heard is it's 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 like the mall in the nineties. Oh my god! Yeah, have you been to a mall recently? That's what I mean. Like it's everybody used to hang out at the mall in the nineties. Like that was the place Mm -hmm. to be. But now. You're like, huh. You're like, I gotta go to the mall. I wanna go to the mall. Some of the malls aren't even malls anymore. (laughs) They're just like like four, they're just like four department stores. Drew doesn't even remember malls. I mean, well, (laughs) I've been. Drew has a, Drew has a secret a secret entrance into the Apple Store, and that's I've it. Had, I've, I've, I was I was literally about to say like the probably the ten times that I've been to the mall in the last five years, half of them were to I had to do something at the Apple Store. Yeah, yeah, it's just it, it's <laughs> yeah, lost. You had it's, to right, you had to go buy a big more or less. Or well, like no, that. like I had to like I had to go like or I didn't have to, but like I I needed something to get re- I need to repair or something. Or, yeah, whatever. Facebook has just lost its luster. Like it's draw. Yeah. It's just. I mean, Twitter has too. Like, look at it. It's it's losing. Well, that that was kind of an unforced error. I understand. True. I think Twitter would have actually been in better standing if it it 
because of the the downturn of Facebook, if Elon yeah. didn't step in, if and he just didn't pull fuck his craziness, with it. honestly, yeah. even if he did step in yeah. and just not fuck with it, if you just yeah. left it alone, it would have been fine. Did you guys see that thing with Twitter where people were finding out that if you put in your profile like mm-hmm. former blue check mark, mm-hmm. blue check person, then it gave you the blue check mark? Right? Yeah. I, there's, a a, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of former links. verified or something like that. There's a lot of links and emails that are going out from Twitter that the, the links just go to localhost. <laughs> Six million people have watched the Super Mario Brothers movie on Twitter. <laughs> just like if somebody just posted it, <laughs> yeah, it's been that's awesome. Posted like dozens of times. Like, it removed. I'm not like, kidding at all. Dude, I've been trying to look for it because I'm like, so I don't funny. feel like going to the theater. I want to watch it. Yeah, watch why not? I'll watch it. Yeah, two yeah, friends kid. that said it was fun. I, I yeah. want. I, I like, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. it. Three months ago. Three I, months ago. I, I this is like I was like, oh shit, it's all over because uh, I was scrolling through and I saw a tweet that was like. 12 hours old and the uh the text was fuck it iron man and it was just the entire- <laughs> yeah. and it just it took like two days for it to come down i was like yeah oh, no i can't wait no, they're I'm done gonna check out i'm gonna see if the new guardians of the galaxy fuck uh, it Nef- netflix, is better- <laughs> netflix needs to watch out because this is yeah seriously <laughs> fuck twitter twitter is the new pirate bay yeah, yeah <laughs> might as well. Easily. That's that. I was thinking about that this morning. It's like when I I read that stat, and it's estimated six million people have watched Super Mario Brothers. And it's like, I wonder if this is it's such a paradigm shift from when we were younger, and you know, like Pirate Bay and all these. Like you'd have a hide, and it was always like this reclusive thing. You had to find like this <laughs> IP or like way now to get in it, or Iron get an, Man. an invite. Now it's just like it's on Twitter. And you, fuck and it, you Iron Man, twenty five thousand retweets. Hide something you, right you in would, plain sight. You would download this like hundred gig file, yeah. That turned out to be some jackass recording it with his own fucking camera. Yeah. And now you just I remember downloading your phone to your Apple TV. I downloaded this album. I, I forget what it, it was. Uh, oh, it was that Billy Corgan after Smashing Pumpkins. He he had that Zwang or ZZ or whatever that whatever he had this this other band. And they released a new album, and I'm like, oh, check it out. You know, whatever. It's on whatever torrent service or whatever it is. I downloaded it, and it was just a repeat of, like, four-second clips cut to the exact length of each song. Because, you know, you you check the files, and you're like, okay, does this look legit? You know, yeah, so each, each song is this many minutes long or what have you. And, you know, because you could get tricked by just heavy nonsense or whatever. So it was literally four-second clips of each song cut to the exact um, exact length. So it wasn't the album, obviously. It was just, like, repeated loops. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> Somebody spent... It was probably Columbia or Geffen or whoever released that oh, album. Oh, that's true. You know? It's like how you, like... Some intern. Some intern <laughs> should, had to do they that. They should, that like, releasing cuts of songs, and it's, like, every 15 seconds, there's just, like, some horrifyingly bad noise. Like, <laughs> uh, how in that... video game uh, DMCA or whatever you call it is, uh, instead of telling you you can't play it they'll let you play it for like an hour and a half and then all of a sudden there's like an unkillable boss following you through every level just exactly. <laughs> rinsing you <laughs> that's the best type that's the only way to do it it's it's also similar to how i think we're gonna have to solve for crawling once gpt4 with images comes out and captures are dead forever is that you'll have to start just poisoning your data randomly that there's that's people what, are trying uh, to scrape um, what was it genius or one of those lyric sites did with google because google kept on scraping the content and then serving up lyrics for songs mm-hmm. so genius just put fake crap in there to <laughs> yeah. prove that they were scraping the data amazing that's genius yeah that's genius yeah, it was genius yep pun intended all right episode 32 go home go home that's uh you can't stay here you don't have to go home closing time
Do you think? Can we just start um, like uh, adding that song at the end of every episode until somebody nope. sues us? Nope. Okay. Nope. Nope. I'm not gonna do that. But uh, we do have a YouTube channel. Do we? Yeah, it's YouTube.com/slash at WeDoCrime, and we have a voicemail that you guys have really been neglecting. And yeah, you know we're what? gonna shut that down. You know what? Fuck it. You know, whatever. Yeah. If you guys don't care, we don't. Care. I don't like. I, I like having as much of the podcast be my voice as possible. Anyways, you know this. <laughs> exactly. And that's at WeDoCrime.com slash voicemail. And uh, you know what? We don't love you because you're not leaving us a voicemail. I still wow. love you. I still love you, but I'm I'm still right, Tucker. I've right. been Tucker Carlson this whole time. Okay, I love you. I've been Tucker Carlson who like has strong feelings about hosting platforms. I started, of, I'm actually feeling of, bad for saying I don't love you. A lot of strange love. We love you. We love you. It's fine. Yeah. It's a platonic love, but don't worry. But don't, don't be like weird about it. All right. Well, good night. I'm assuming all of you are listening to this podcast at night. It's the best time to do it. That's when it is for us, and we're very ethnocentric. <laughs> I actually, uh, I actually listen to it while while I drive. At night, while you're no, going to sleep. Do you, do you watch? This? No, I I haven't actually watched any. Of drive. No. I recommend that you do watch this while you're driving. There's a lot that of stuff wasn't you, a pun. you might miss. I, I actually I, that's serious. That's hilarious. <laughs> I it was not a pun. I do li- I listen to it when I drive when I drive. Yeah. I actually don't even get through the whole episodes because by the time I'm driving, you know, I get through a little bit of it, and then the next episode's out. One of these days, we'll figure out how to end on a high note. Yeah. Well, this is not going to be that time. So uh, see you later. Night. Now watch this drive. Good luck. selling anybody's data now watch this drive